0: Hey, this is Todd Pratt, former New York MET, and uh, here to talk with Jake Brown.
1: And welcome back to The Jake Brown Show on Radio.com, iTunes, and Spotify. You can follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Show and follow me at Jake Brown Radio. Joining us now is a guy who I called out for not being real because a friend of mine told me that it wasn't the real Todd Pratt on Twitter, and I was disappointed um, because there was a fake Latrell will out there that has duped people and a guy that I ended up interviewing and it wasn't Latrell Sprewell uh, so we never aired the interview but it is the real Todd Pratt, former Mets great, former Philly, former Brave, uh, former one time Cub, you can follow him on Twitter at Todd Pratt07 and the manager of the Greensboro Grasshoppers with the Miami Marlins Todd, appreciate you coming on man, how you doing?
0: Hey, thanks Jake I I appreciate
1: it I came out guns blazing um. Yeah,
0: you did. Yeah, you did. But that's all right. You know, I didn't have that blue dot. Obviously, I didn't really get serious on Twitter till someone said, "Hey, once you get certified," and y'all know that they've shut that down. these do some things like you gotten fooled by. So, I appreciate it. We're all cool. We've we've talked uh, via Twitter, texting. So it's all good now.
1: Yeah, and you never know on Twitter. It's amazing how many people make fake personas. Um, oh, I got you. It would be odd to make a fake Todd Pratt persona, but, hey, you never know in, in today's day and age. Um, the Greensboro Grasshoppers, man, you, uh, you're you in your second season there, correct? Um, and uh, how are you feeling about the squad this year?
0: Oh, well, you know, it's a, it was a great first season. Uh, you know, I really appreciate the, Miami giving me an opportunity to get back to managing Um can't really tell how the club's going to be. You know, that's determined in spring training. Uh, but I look at last year's draft um, and some of these trades that have happened, which you know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we should have pretty solid solid uh, staff and uh, position players. You know, probably the second, third-round picks. Probably have A-Rod's nephew there and a uh, kid from Kentucky playing second base. But that's all determined at uh, the end of March. So, Whoever we have, we'll do what we can, and I'll hopefully help them uh, follow the dream.
1: Yeah, there's a couple of ways to look at it. If you're a Miami Marlins fan, you're, you're not too happy because the team is probably not going to be very good this year. Um, but on your end, they do have prospects, and they do have some youth uh, in the farm system waiting. So I would imagine for you guys and for you as a manager of the single-A squad, you look at it kind of on in a, in a positive note and uh, look at the future versus what the team might do this year.
0: Yeah, it just, uh, you know, the Jeter group and Sherman, I mean, they're, they're obviously, you know, I can't say enough about, you know, Jeter. He's, he's done everything he can and uh, as a player, and now he's getting back into it. He knows baseball. Um, I think with the, the asking price that Laurie asked for, I just think that they, you know, they wanted their passion to have a team. They might have overpaid a little bit, and they just, you know, saw some Things where they needed to cut and uh, tough decisions, but I think there's a plan, and I think if we just uh, let this plan go, involved the next couple years. Uh, you've seen other clubs do it, the Phillies, the Astros. Um, you just gotta, you know, just gotta let it work out, and uh, you know, maybe they won't be as good as they can be or will be, but I, I think they're gonna be surprised. They got some players still
1: there, and they got some pitching. Uh, they're not big names, but
0: you know I don't I don't see like some people predict a hundred loss season. I don't see that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. I'm I'm hoping the Mets fare better against them than the past, and this would be the year to hopefully do it because for some reason the Marlins just always seem to beat the Mets in big spots, um, as the Nationals do. But you expect that with the Nationals, you don't expect the Mets to lose to the Marlins well, a lot. The,
0: yeah, I think with the Mets, uh, you know we're, you know even though I'm a Marlin and I'm I'm loyal to them, I still have Mets. Mets and, and I still love talking baseball. And you know, I, I was at the fancy camp at the end of January. Two weeks out there, the Mets mm-hmm. and a lot of the guys were there. Were you know, kind of cried and complaining about, "Oh, we need this and we need." I'm like, you know, if, if, if that rotation's healthy, you actually have seven guys that can compete for those five spots. But if that rotation's healthy, two of those guys go in the bullpen. You got Familia. I mean. That was one of the best staffs in baseball if they're healthy. And that's been the big question for
1: them. And that that's the big if, and you're right. I mean, adding Vargas gives them a lot of depth here, and it gives them the ability, as much as he said he doesn't want to, it gives them the ability to put Wheeler in the bullpen, who I think would thrive in the bullpen in a one-inning role with this kind of stuff and the gas that he throws. Uh, I think Wheeler needs to maybe make the switch, but you're right. I mean, if healthy, I think here's the thing, Todd, and, and you know this, you know Mets fans, and you don't want to come into the season with too many expectations because last year I predicted them to win the World Series over the Red Sox, and they fell flat on their face. So if you go in with less expectations, uh, I guess you expect the worst a little bit less.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I mean, I get Mets fans, you know, or they're, they're East Coast folks. I loved it there. I mean, they're going to let you know and you just got to be able to handle the pressure and that's it. And it's their right to do that, you know. Um, you do well, they're going to love you. If you don't do well, going to, you're going to hear it from them. But that's what it's all about. Um, I never understood how some, you know, guys just can't play in New York. I, I, I thrived off it. You know, obviously I wasn't an everyday guy, but when I did get in there, I mean, it, I loved it, you know.
1: And, and you did play half the season in 2000 and 2001 and and uh, technically 99 I guess as well 71 games uh, that stretch for you at the Mets I'm sure you've talked about it a billion times but those teams uh, were special me when I was I was eight when you hit the uh, the game five the homer I was a little I was a little kid I mean I, I knew nothing then uh, so that was my first year as a Mets fan that playoff run so those had to be some memories that you're gonna cherish the rest of your life from 99 and 2000
0: almost oh, definitely uh you know, really, I started there in '97, I guess, in two thousand one, and you know those, but those teams, the '99 and two thousand two thousand one team, even though that kind of suffered that two thousand one, it was just all about the teammates and and the personalities on that team. Uh, you know, Al I or Mike Pi or John Over, I just uh, Edgar Alfa. I mean, you just I could just go name a name, and it just. The greatest thing about that team was we were we were together. That clubhouse was great. It wasn't sections of the clubhouse where I have been on different teams. It, it seems like it's that way. It's the older guys with the younger guys, and 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 the, the all different ethnic groups. You know, we, we all did things together, I and mean, that's why I, I, we all believe in each other. And. Uh, it was it was great it was a great time great time in new york
1: yeah and then those teams were special and i said game 5 it was actually game 4 you hit the home run um against the diamondbacks uh playing behind piazza were you guys close on and off the field i mean he seemed like he was a pretty strong leader but were you guys close
0: yeah um, you know definitely we we he, i guess the best way to put it he knew i respected
1: him. even when it
0: was the dodgers i i i i I'd, I'd talked to him but I think he really came around, uh, especially being a, him as a starting catcher, and probably went through so many backups. To be honest with you, I think he understood that I had his back, and uh, you know he was actually excited when, when when I did well, and that that really I really made me feel good. He wasn't very vocal, but I could tell in his eyes and his reactions that. He appreciated his day off. How about
1: that? And, and I mean, you had a great year as a backup that year. Three seventy-eight OBP, eight homers, twenty-five ribbies, uh, two seventy-five average. Not too shabby. Um, did you, when you were playing as a backup, were you ever like, when you were in a hot streak, were you like, man, I wish I was out there every day? Did you appreciate the backup role? What was going through your head?
0: Well, I appreciated uh, having a job first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, But secondly, I, you know, this comes up a lot of times, this question, and it just seems like, you know, my whole career I backed up, every, every catcher I backed up, Phillies, Cubs, Braves, Mets, we're all all stars. Yep. You know, it all started with Darren Dalton, Mike Lieberthal, Rick Wilkinson, Chicago at the point, just coming off, you know, a, a great rookie season, you know, Mike Piazza. Uh, Todd Hunley. Johnny, Est- Johnny Estrada, Todd Hunley. There you go. uh Brian McCann. There's mm. the guy that backed up. So you know, I always feel sometimes, I, you know, especially after that, that 2000 year, I thought it would get traded. But then I think business wise, why would you trade it the best backup catcher at that point to somebody else? If, if our starter goes down, we have somebody that we can know until either he does the job or we can get somebody else. So it's definitely business. And I I never, mm-hmm. never, you know, sometimes I'd be like, God, imagine if I got five, six hundred at bats." You know, Bobby Cox told me one time, he said, Todd, if you played every day, you'd be a 25 home run hitter. So, you know, uh, but I don't look back at that. I'm happy that I was at bat. You know, I was happy I had a job. Yeah, you know and what I mean? I mean, mean? You,
1: you played 14, 15 years. I mean, that is very tough to do uh, in today's age, Todd. So I, I, I think that. Uh, I didn't complain. Yeah, I didn't it, complain, and I, I and I was a teammate, mm-hmm. and I was a leader in the clubhouse, and I didn't complain. And it's like I compare it like a backup quarterback, I think, in the NFL is the best job oh, in sports because you fill in oh when necessary, God. and if you have one great game, or let alone five, you might just be the highest-paid player in the sport like <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo. Right.
0: I mean, uh, it's a great job.
1: It's, it's amazing. Job. Like Josh McCown has hung around for an endless amount of years, and the guy's made a boatload of money because he's had a couple of good games here and there. Um, so the backup spot isn't that bad. You don't have to worry about the wear and tear on your knees as a catcher. Uh, you could you could relax and play a couple times a week and still make a good chunk of change. So it's definitely yeah, not Bobby, a bad yeah, gig.
0: Bobby, yeah, Bobby V uh, said it best. He's, he one time he whispered to me and said, "Todd, you know why you're good? And you're reliable. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So that 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 made me feel good when Bobby said that. You know, and um, yeah, you know, like like I said, I think. Even though the fans wanted to see Big Mike on there on Sundays or Thursday afternoon game, I think they felt uh, the Mets were in good hands with me catching
1: that day. Yeah, and I'll admit Mike Piazza was my favorite player of all time, um, but we're lucky we had a good backup behind him. Right now the Mets catching situation is shaky with Travis Darno and Kevin Ploiecki. What do you think of uh, what they have behind the backstop now?
0: Well, I you know, um, Travis, I, I think he's – he could be a, one of the top guys. He just needs to stay healthy and 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 grind it out. You know, yeah. um, I, I just I just feel they're going to be a tough club. You know, I just think uh, I think Travis has had some injuries. I, I, he's got some pop. You know, um, just needs to stay healthy. That's all.
1: Yeah, and he's had all sorts of injuries from concussion to elbow to knee. I mean, every part of his body has been hurt. It's unbelievable. Um, I mean, he showed potential that he could hit for some power if he does stay healthy. He could be a 20-homer guy, which the Mets would love. The Mets are going to have a lot of power, not a lot of speed. I I think they might be last in the league in stolen bases with their lineup right now, uh, depending on when Conforto gets back. They're going to be slow and going to hope for a lot of homers. Uh, One of those guys is Todd Frazier. I mean, you look at him as a as a vocal leader in that clubhouse and a, and a good signing for them.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, he just, you know, obviously, uh, I think they got a good man with Todd, obviously with, with the Reds uh, and all the teams he's been with, he's always been a good clubhouse guy. I think that's what helps bring uh, things together. Um, kind of like Lenny Harris was, uh, mm. uh, when we got him, I mean, he brought things together, you know, in that clubhouse. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I'll be rooting for the Marlins when we play against them just because of my job, but, you know, obviously, you know, there's still that blue and orange in my blood and, uh, you know, great times in New
1: York. Yeah, you you played, I mean, for the Mets, the, the Phillies, the Braves, and now you're coaching with the Marlins. Uh, all you need to do is coach for the Nationals, right? And you got the whole and division.
0: <laughs> uh, so people ask me, was, well, how did you never go to the Mar- I, I, I talked about – a player that played that long and spent this whole time in the East. You know what I mean? It's crazy.
1: Yeah, that is wild. Um, but, hey, it's it's not a bad thing. Uh, did you know in the moment when you tackled uh, Robin Ventura that it was going to be a single? Ah,
0: uh, I just <laughs> – yeah. This would be a real quick story. I You know, first of all, I'm, I couldn't believe that Bobby put me in the pinch hit, down by one run with two outs in that game. I, I get the watch so much. Uh, my adrenaline's fired up, you know. I, I'm going. And then you start getting back into the baseball, base running mode. You say, "Okay, all we need is a hit. I got to touch second base, and game's over." You know, I always say, you know, it was a rainy night, kind of, kind of miss and raining, foggy. Um, and usually, when Robin hit home runs, we used to call him Helium Boy, the <laughs> team, because when he hit them, he just hit them high, and then it's like they never came down. Mm-hmm. That one just looked like a line driving the gap, and Shea's huge. I mean, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm like, okay, base hit. He ain't going to get a double because as soon as the run scores, game's over. So just make sure I tag first, I mean, second, and grab him. Um, I was so fired up. I didn't know what he was doing, giving a cheer or trying to wave me on. Obviously, you know, after the fact, he was like, dude, keep running. <laughs> um Felt bad at that point. Well, I didn't feel bad at that point because I was fired up. But after the fact, when I got in the club out, you know, I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Did everyone realize I, it was I, I a single? Cause I don't think everyone realized that you have to get around. And I don't think in the moment people care. But were people like, come on, Todd?
0: Yeah, oh, no, I know. As a fan and we are watching the game, because you're seeing it, I didn't even look at the ball once you hit it. That's You know, I didn't even look over. Usually, you know, if there's a different situation, you're looking over your right shoulder, seeing where it's in the gap, and you pick up the the base coach before you hit second base. And I was just like, man, just take, tag second base and uh, game over. But, you know, Robin still to this day gives me a little gruff. But, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry I took that that away. But, uh, heck, I'm more sorry. I mean, I thought I was going to have a hit on me. You know, Vegas, you know, I don't know what they were going to
1: do. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, that was one of the greatest moments in Mets history, the only grand single, the grand slam single in history. So hey, you were part of a historic moment. And then a couple
0: uh, of them actually. You know, the home runs, the top ten, and so was that. So I, I didn't mean to be in the second one.
1: <laughs> You'll take it. though. I mean, unfortunately, the next game, uh, the Kenny Rogers walk, and that uh, broke my eight, eight-year-old heart. That was. I was catching.
0: Yeah, I was catching. You know, Bobby brought me in for defense, and mm-hmm. he just.
1: What happened just there? To... Did he just lose it? I just, uh, I
0: yeah, I guess we, you know, we were, yeah. I mean, uh, Kenny did a great job. We probably wouldn't have been there without him. And it just one thing that, you know, I, probably, to be honest with you, Andrew was probably a dangerous hitter. It was, he, we we could get him out on the right pitch. We just didn't make the right pitch or wasn't even close from the I think it comes to a point where I'm trying to do more than I should, you know, as a pitcher. Um, with the bases loaded, and it just uh, it didn't work out so well
1: for us. Todd Pratt joining us on the Jake Brown Show for a couple more minutes. Follow him on Twitter at Todd Pratt07. He is the manager of the Greensboro Grasshoppers, the single-A affiliate of the Miami Marlins. Um, what do you think, Todd, of the new pace of play rules and the limit? I know you tweeted about you never thought a game was too long, but now there's a limit of six times that uh, that you could visit a pitcher during the game besides injury. What do you think about that?
0: Uh, well, you know, uh, Mets. It sounds like the Mets pitching coach is already kind of a little upset about it. Um, you no, know, be honest with it. I never really counted how many times there were there were meetings on the mound with uh, with the pitching coach. But you know, he got sign stealing. Um, you know, I don't know necessarily if that's a, a great argument because the pitcher catcher should be able to handle that. Um, you know, I. I I, I, I'm old school. I mean, the games, I mean, if we're trying to quicken up the game five or six minutes, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I make an argument that how about less commercials between pitching changes, mm-hmm. you know? And I know it's all about the money. You got to, got to, you know, these people got to get paid. Uh, that's what helps baseball.
1: And you got to have t shirt tosses, man. you got to have the t shirt launch in between innings.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, or just, you know, just keep, or how about letting the, the stay on the game and let them get his eight pitches, you know, and let the fans see the kid warming up. But, you know, uh, you could charge more for the commercial and have less commercials. Mm. The sponsors are still going to pay that price. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just think if we're trying to knock five, six minutes off the game, right, it's not a big deal. Uh, you know, and it's like I said, some of the people that didn't hear, uh, see my, my tweet is, you know, not once have I ever played or watched a game and said, damn, this game's too long. Mm-hmm. Never have. I you mean, know, I did it with kids. I understand that part of it, but that's what's so pure about this game is there's no time limits. But, you know, I know the game's changing. You know, so we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. It's kind of a, a different argument they want to see hits and home runs <laughs> you know what I mean mm-hmm. so well, how do we how do we do that you know people want to see offense but they want less time
1: yeah and I, I and, think I think baseball's Todd is just trying to they're trying to do what the NBA is doing and try to change things to appeal to the fans but I think these things kind of are so minuscule and so minor that in the end it's not a dramatic difference
0: well, oh, and and it's like uh, like when I threw that tweet, I've had 400 likes, but there's only two kind of uh, discussions why they don't like the long game. Mm-hmm. I would like to say I don't I mean I really don't understand. Someone says, "Well, they're they're pleasing the masses." I don't think baseball fans as a whole complain about the length of a game. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, game watching a baseball game if you're not a true true fan is boring. Mm-hmm. I mean. But it's kind of like hockey. I watch hockey on TV, but I'd much rather be at the game. It's not even not even close. Football, I'd rather be it on TV, so I can have a cheap beer and (laughs) see the replays.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean hockey. I have to be at the game. I can't. I can't watch a regular season hockey game on TV. Baseball, I grew up with it, so I could watch that every. I could watch 160
0: minutes. Our family still watches on TV, but as a Average fan, they probably don't like. You know, it, it gets a little, get a little long. But that's what's so pure about the game. Mm-hmm.
1: You know. Yeah. we'll we'll see. What, we'll see if it does make any difference. Maybe it cuts a couple of minutes off the average game time. Um, I, I respect them trying to change things. I just don't know how much it'll do. Um, what well, happened? I, I, I agree. I yeah. agree.
0: I mean, I, you're not going to change a half hour. And that's what really looks like. People don't want to get home at twelve, or mm-hmm. you know. I, I said let's start them a little earlier and then I get cuz people getting off work trying to get to the game. I you know, it's I I, I just don't think there's a problem. If you're only going to change 5 6 minutes, I mean, what does that really do? Nothing.
1: Exactly. Todd Pratt joining us for a couple more minutes. I just want to do a quick rapid fire before we let you go, Todd. Um Sounds good. Uh f- a favorite manager.
0: Oh, um that you That's a tough on. one because they're all different. I mean, really, there. I you know, I could just explain all of them. I mean, for Ghost and Bobby Cox, were men's men. They 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 leave the clubhouse alone. Uh, Larry Bow was a fiery guy. I, I loved it. Some people hated that. Uh, Bobby B was a very intelligent guy, uh, a little confident uh, that people didn't like. Um, you know. Jim Riggleman, even when I was that little bit of the Cubs, young manager, good, you know, and that's one thing I kind of put them all together, and that's what I try me as being a manager now. What I learned from them, tear them apart a little bit, and put them all back together, and that's what I try to do.
1: Uh, best Charlie t-
0: Manuel, awesome Charlie no
1: Manuel. about yep.
0: him. I've known him probably the longest because I was Rule Five to Cleveland when I was twenty, and he was there. Uh, so they're all they, they all have different things.
1: All right, yeah. all right. One name. Who was your best teammate? Your best like leader as a teammate?
0: Uh, probably uh, there's a lot I mean, Tim Hudson, hmm. Lenny Harris, Pat Burrow.
1: Pat Burrow. Wow. Okay, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Um. Who, who was your? We fu- were close. Who was your funniest teammate?
0: Oh. Um. Uh, probably Pat Burrow. He's a funny guy. He
1: can, huh. really, he can really crack you. Pat Burrell, all right. All right, Todd Pratt, former Mets catcher, Phillies and Braves and all all those teams, the Cubs, um, all the NLEs covered, and now he will be managing as they get underway in a couple of weeks here, the Greensboro Grasshoppers with the Marlins. Hey, Todd, appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, glad you are indeed the real Todd Pratt, and uh, good luck this season.
0: Thank you, brother. Appreciate having me.
1: All right, man. Take care. All right.